over the top was sumptuous, and Sanchez's skills were sublime. Oh, Rodman! Rodman! The number two pick scores for the Spirit! And the This is Annie Elliott, I'm back once again to talk to you about the Washington Spirit. I am with, uh, joined by Andre Carlisle. Hi, Andre. Hey, Annie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, as usual. I, somebody has to bring the tired energy in place of Joe, and unfortunately, that's me today. So I'm sorry, but throughout the episode, I'm sure that will wane. Yeah, Joe wasn't able to join us today. She should be back next time. Um, but we will be talking about the Spirit's two-to-one victory over North Carolina Courage on Saturday night. Uh, so how how you feeling about that game? I'm feeling good. I know we'll talk more about the more than a third of it that we could not watch, but right. from what we were able to see, uh, I was I was I, I was impressed. North Carolina is not an easy team to stay with. The ending had me very very nervous, but getting three points, scoring two goals, only giving up a penalty pretty good. So we started out with a little bit different of a um, starting up and then we saw in the first two matches because uh, the team was obviously missing Paige Mateer, who was out on a suspension for two yellow cards and Bailey Feist who was unfortunately injured. Um, so we saw Marissa Shiva come in for, for Feist in kind of that more attacking midfielder role and Inez Horena come in uh, for Paige Mateer. Um, what did you think about, about those two and, and their performance? It was I know Inez's first appearance for the team, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool, and it was. It's actually been very interesting to see with Mark Parsons. It sounded like he was very solid and very set in his midfield. You know, he thought you know Paige Mateer did specific things that he wanted. Bailey Feist did specific things that he wanted, and of course Andy Sullivan and Ashley Sanchez are always going to be there in midfield. So. It was like, oh, I thought, you know, looking looking at the at the squad before the season, I was thinking, you know, Jordan Baggett, you know, they brought in Ines Urena, you got Marissa Shiva, you know, you've got a lot of midfielders there that you could potentially go to. Nicole Douglas is drafted and he, you know, makes her an attacking midfielder as well, or sees her as one. And so I was thinking that there might be able to be a little bit more interchange than we possibly thought, but he sounded like those are definitely his starting two. And then he was missing two of the starting uh, four midfielders. And that was really interesting to see how he was going to cope, who he was going to call on. And I love the selections. I thought that they both deserved uh, the shot. And I think they both performed very, very well. So I was pretty excited to see. Yeah, I I thought both of them performed really well. I'd kind of called that Inez was uh, maybe going to get the start. But I I can't believe I forgot about Marisa Shiva. I mean, she performed so well. In the Ireland games, um, I thought she looked really good last night as well. Or, yeah, that was last night for us. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I thought they were pretty good. They, they did a great job as replacements. I thought they really fulfilled those roles. Yeah, and it's kind of seeming like, you know, you're, you're kind of seeing Andy Sullivan almost being like the conductor, you know, following, like cleaning up at the back and making sure that nothing either gets through or if something does that she's first to it before it gets to the back line. But then you kind of see like the forward too, like the Marissa Shiva slash Bailey Feist role seems to be, you know, connecting passes, being in the right place at the right time to receive passes to move the ball on. 
and the Paige Mateo, Inez Jarena uh, role seems to be just go and get into fights. <laughs> just go and <laughs> duel, win the ball back, be very aggressive, run around the pitch, get in the way, do all that kind of stuff. And then Sanchez is there for when they win the ball back to to get the ball to. And of course, so is Trinity Rodman and everybody's always looking for Ashley Hatch up central. So it is it is a very good system. It's very interesting to see how the roles are divided. And one thing that we kind of talked about with Urena coming in is that when she played as a center midfielder, she did a lot of this, you know, work to win the ball back. Interceptions and tackles were really, really high. And that's in the French League. She was playing in, in, a, in a league that doesn't have quite as much, I would say, uh, quite as intense levels of competition uh, week to week as the NWSL. But it was always like if she could keep that skill set in the NWSL, it'll be very, very useful. And I think she showed that she can do that. Yeah, I, I think she... She was a, re- a great addition. I agree. And they all really had, um, you know, I, I agree they kind of have set roles, but it's good to see that they all do have some flexibility to move around. Cause I know I saw both of them um, at certain times doing that kind of high pressure role that Ashley Sanchez usually performs. And then they really had kind of the, the flexibility, the fluidity to some, some of the times they, they were the ones up top putting a little pressure on uh, Casey Murphy or whoever else was in the back line there. Yeah, I remember seeing Urena up top doing a lot of running, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is <laughs> this is fun. This is good because that's what she's very very good at." So, yeah, I thought that was it was a very good use of them. I don't know if it was the exact same way that he would use Feist and, and Mateer, but mm-hmm. it worked quite well, and I liked it. I didn't see any real like lack of continuity. It seemed like they still were kind of on the same page as the midfield, and you know, from from what we saw. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. You know, North Carolina is a weird team to match up with, um, and dealing with Caroline is not easy. So, you know, all things considered, I was pretty. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I was as well. But uh, I guess we should talk about something you just mentioned, which is uh, for anyone who was not able to attempt to watch the game, um, Paramount Plus, which is the uh, the streaming service that that was scheduled to have the game, uh, did not was not able to show the first about 38 minutes. And this was also the case for their other 7 o'clock NWSL game. So it was some sort of technical problem. Uh, I don't think we've gotten an explanation yet for what it was, Um, but it was certainly incredibly frustrating. I I think they still have not posted the video of those first 38 minutes, so we really don't know how well either team performed at that time or, or much of what was going on. Yeah, so when it comes to the NWSL broadcast, especially streaming, there are a lot of it. It's set up very strangely, and I don't know a lot of the ins and outs of it, but I know that there's not just CBS that's involved. There is another entity called Vista, which has been producing NWSL games for uh, I think a few years now. Um, they were the ones with potato cameras that everybody made fun of. Uh, They were the ones with some of the clunky production things. They kind of run all of the production around NWSL games. So it is not completely on CBS or Paramount Plus. And it seems like this one could have been a toss up. Don't know if it was on Paramount Plus. Don't know if it was on Vista. Whoever was in charge of like plugging the thing in (laughs) so that it would actually like go out over Paramount Plus seems to be, it's confusing like to figure out who it was. So we don't really know, but one of those two entities was at fault. And if I were to guess, I'd probably put it on Vista just because I know that CBS is a capable production company, 
Whereas Vista has shown throughout the history of the NWSL that they are not. So I'm leaning towards them. I hope that's not unfair to them if this happens to not be their uh, problem, but I'm I'm kind of sticking, I'm kind of looking at them at the moment. So either way, it was missing. uh, Soccer matches are only 90 minutes plus some stoppage time. Missing 38 of those minutes is absolutely ridiculous and just simply cannot happen in a professional league. Yeah, I, I agree. It was really unacceptable. And yeah, that was most of the first half. We saw very little of it. And it also really delayed and hopefully didn't completely prevent, but I delayed a lot of um, stats from getting out about the game. There's a lot of information we just don't know about these games because <laughs> no one who wasn't there got to see it. So definitely a big problem, not one you would like to see in a professional league that is growing and becoming, you know, getting more and more money thrown into it. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's a that's a big concern and something that needs to change um, as they negotiate a new deal, which I think is going on this year. Yeah, that new deal is all important. And I know I tweeted this. And, and if, if the situation is completely on Vista, then I apologize to the folks at CBS because I tweeted like, I don't know if I want CBS or Vista around in 2024. If this was 100% Vista's problem, then I definitely, like, no matter what, I don't want them around in 2024. Like, the, the potato camera thing has been ridiculous for years. Um, some of the production stuff has been ridiculous for years. Audio pro- problems, audio quality, all kinds of, we, we've had all sorts of issues with with Vista over the years. And if the league wants to take that step and, like, fully show itself as a professional, one of the best leagues in the world, if not the best league in the world, you just can't have a partner like Vista, which who knows, on the weekend, you kind of spin the wheel of problems and figure out which one is going to be for this weekend. So we've seen, you know, now we've seen we've seen glitchy streams. We've had audio issues in the first weekend. And now we've had this where you couldn't even see matches for the first 38 minutes of the first two games. So, like, these things are too consistent and really can't continue. So I'll be looking forward to, like, figuring out who the next broadcast partner is. If it's CBS, cool. If it's not, cool. But if Vista's still around, massive eye roll. I agree. So um, one thing that we were able to see a little bit of that happened in that first half was the first goal of the game that was posted, I, I think, by the Spirit later, um, by Washington, I mean, by Washington Spirit, but uh, specifically Trinity Rodman. Uh, scored a goal in the sixth minute, kind of swept in and scooped up a, a little bit of a slow pass between two North Carolina players and just hit a really beautiful goal. Um, it's just, I, I thought it was great looking goal. It reminded me of talking to Parsons before games even started, and he said his whole thing was to win the ball higher so that Trinity Rodman could be closer to goal. She won the ball high. She scored the goal. I feel like that's exactly what they want to see. Put a lot of pressure on them. You make one little pass, and this is how you can get punished from this team, especially when you have Rodman. I mean, we're used to seeing it, watching her. She will run up and down the flank all over the pitch trying to defend to get the ball back. But if she can get the ball back around the box, it's so much better because then she can she is a direct goal threat. And that's exactly what we saw in this goal. And I actually thought the strike was funny because it was a very powerful strike, but it almost like you don't really see this technique often in in, in world football. And it was funny because it just looks like she punched the ball with her foot. She's <laughs> like swung her foot, punched it, had almost like no follow through or anything. She just like punched it and then kind of floated in the air as the ball just went on a rope to the side to the far netting. So I, it was, if you watch the way the ball kind of curls around in the net, there was a lot of power on that shot. And that for me is what I want to see more of from her because she has 
a lot of power in her shots. And I feel like if she gets an opportunity to take a clean strike at goal, whether it's off the dribble or whether it's intercepting a pass like this, the spirit are going to be at their best when they can get her in those positions. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, this was the only goal in the whole game that was in like the regular course of play. And unfortunately, I mean, Trini Rodman is also so good at, at defending and being exactly where she needs to be on the pitch that I, I don't think she got as many opportunities in this game still as they would like her to have. Um, I didn't see her take a lot of other shots. I mean, no, I didn't see the first half. But <laughs> um, I, I think there's probably still some work to be done there to give her that freedom to to get some more goals. Um, but but this was a really nice one, and I'm glad we got to see it. Yeah, shout out to admin uh, watching Spirit for getting us that goal. Shout out for all the drawings, too. I mean, it, this is kind of the fun thing about the league is that even in the face of incompetence, sometimes we all like kind of come together and can make jokes that at the time kind of soothe everybody, for even temporarily. Uh, but, you know, it, it, so it was funny. And actually, Hatch, I don't know if you saw her tweet today. Uh, yeah. She took the, the the stick figure they drew of Ashley Hatch when she apparently had a header that went over the bar or missed or something. Uh, she took, she screenshot that or saved that picture and made it her profile photo. So if you go check out Ashley Hatch's Twitter account, uh, she is the stick figure from that. So like they had, they made the best out of a really terrible, awful situation. But yeah, once you're finally able to get like pictures back, I agree with you. We weren't able, we didn't really see, we're not, I don't want to sound too critical about it because I do know it's going to take some time uh, and the international break did not help, but you know, I do want to see Rodman getting the ball in and around the box, not just deep on the wing or up high or anything, like more central in those kind of areas. And I think we are starting to see some of that uh, for the national team as well, but also, you know, for the spirit. So if that trend continues, I will be very happy. I will as well. Um, so we should also just discuss a little bit. The other two goals in the game were both penalties, penalty kicks, as I kind of said earlier. Um the first one was in North Carolina. Um, they had a shot into Washington's goal area, was uh, called for a handball, and Caroline took the penalty kick and scored. Um, and then just after halftime, uh, like 50 minutes, uh, there was a foul on Ashley Hatch in the, obviously, North Carolina's box, and uh, she she scored. So <laughs> I thought they both were well-kicked um, PKs. Um I mean, this is kind of interesting to me because I, I think we are seeing more PKs with um, with VAR, although I think either of these could have happened even without it. So, Yeah, I thought the Caroline uh, one was was interesting. I'll be honest. I used, Sometimes I watch games on mute, uh, so <laughs> I didn't really at, – at first I was like, what what's going on here? And then I saw the replay and I was like, ah, okay. Um, so I, I, I kind of got that one. I actually thought King Fairy was going to save it. She dove the right way. Yeah. And I think Close. she got fingertips on it, but I was like, ah, I really thought she, I really thought she read it. Um, but then yeah, at the, the Ashley Hatch goal, that was actually an interesting one because the referee called it right away and then they reviewed it. And I thought that when they do that, sometimes they look for evidence to say, okay, is this worth giving the team a penalty kick? Uh, was the contact enough? And, you know, I, I know that the North Carolina defender was complaining that Ashley Hatch had her jersey and was kind of pulling her down with her. And so I thought maybe that would factor in and they would just end up waving it off. But I'm glad they did not. <laughs> right. Yeah. If I was for North, if I was if this was a North Carolina Courage podcast, I think I'd be a little frustrated because that was a slightly soft penalty. 
But I also think that, you know, you, you know that the risk of leaning heavily into an attacker in a situation like that leaves you the leaves in the opportunity to fall and put it in the referee's hands. And Ashley Hatch did a smart thing and it worked. Hey, I saw I saw hands on both jerseys there. So also true. <laughs> Could have gone either way. Um yeah, Caroline's was interesting. She did that kind of little stutter step that we saw her do, I think also last week or two weeks ago against uh, San Diego. So she's clearly got a little style going there. Um, and just to shout out Aubrey Kingsbury, who um, wasn't, wasn't really challenged a lot this match, so which was good on the spirit defense. Um, but just because someone, I, I was uh, foolishly in, in Ron Reddit, uh, in the NWCL subreddit during the game, and someone asked about Casey Murphy's PK stoppage percentage, which was... Uh, zero percentage um but aubrey kingsbury has one of the highest uh pk stopping percentages in the league so good for her another reason she is one of the best goalkeepers in the world it's it's true and we're still even though i'm I'm thankful that as a as a person that covers the spirit she's not going to be gone for a very long time or maybe maybe we'll see i don't think ad french and that that kansas city defense is having a good time at all down there. So I don't know if this is something where we get a surprise Kingsbury pick to go to the World Cup, but it sounds like for the past probably six months now, she has not been included uh, in the yeah. U.S. Women's National Team setup. And that is a shame because she has been consistently one of the best goalkeepers in the league for three, four years. It's been, it's been a while. All right. <sighs> well, um, one good thing we did see this match was the debut of 15-year-old midfielder Chloe Ricketts, who came on, um, I think, around the 66th minute for Marissa Shiva. Um, I thought she had a really good debut. She was um, aggressive on the ball. She was comfortable dribbling. She had a, I thought, a very good look on goal. Um, I couldn't tell if it was, you know, blocked with a few fingertips or if it just went um, off goal, but but it looked it, it looked like it could have been a goal, and it was very exciting <laughs> for a few seconds there. I definitely thought that was going to be a goal. It was beautiful. <laughs> I really was like, oh, she did it. <laughs> Every now and then these moments just kind of write themselves. It's funny that like we we kind of look at and think about like Disney movies as not really being like indicative of any sort of reality. They all like wrapped up in a bow. These things do not happen. But when you kind of watch and pay attention to sports, they do a lot. And so I kind of thought that like maybe this was it. You know, she scored. She was going to score on her debut, and it was going to be incredible. But just missed it. I, I I don't. I'll have to see it again. I don't know if there are fingertips involved, but I know it was a very close shot, and it was a very powerful shot too. Yeah, I watched again. I didn't kind of do any slow mo or try to get a zoom in on it or anything. Um. So, but I, this time was the second watch was when I was like, eh, maybe it was a little closer to the net than I thought. Um. But it it was good looking, and and I. Would have been very excited to see her her score. <laughs> the we we asked post game, I believe. You know, Ashley Sanchez was talking. I can't remember who was with her, but we asked about Chloe Ricketts and how it was. This was after she signed uh, officially. The Spirit unveiled her as a signing and being 15 years old and how young she was. And Ashley Sanchez was like, she just goes in there and she she just decks people. Like she's just such yeah. a super like like physical player, and I was like, wow, okay. She she was like, I love it, but she hasn't decked me yet, so maybe I <laughs> don't have like maybe I'll change my mind. But yeah, she she went in there, had a lot of really really good energy, a lot of intense running that was needed at that time, uh, and then of course, like we said, almost scored a goal. So I think it was a really really good debut. 
um, and excited to see her. Obviously, with a player that young, you don't want to ever put like expectations on a player that young. But I will say, exciting from what we saw. There was there was that one little run she had out of pressure uh, on the left side where she just kind of took off of the pitch. She did a little step over and knocked the ball by a couple uh, courage defenders and then you know took the foul to slow the game down. I thought that was excellent. Like that's just really really smart play. Uh, and from a 15 year old and trying to you know go up against people who you know been playing the league for a while, maybe 25, 30 years old, you know, got, got some age, you know, a massive age difference, you know, so she can hang, she's a baller. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. And you could tell some of the the pictures and video that the spirit posted after the match that they were, all the other players were really happy for her and are very supportive of her. It was, there was some very cute video of the post game congratulations for her. Yes, definitely. There was, there was some really fun video and it's funny too, because one of the things that I love about like professional athletes is that like athlete brain is a real thing, especially when you get to the professional level. So like they're very different, which is kind of fun. We, we've seen that when we, you know, do these interviews here with a lot of the spirit players, you know, they're fun, they're chill. They're very like down to earth, but you get them on the pitch and they're just like, it's athlete brain. It's different. <laughs> it's intense. It's, it's aggressive. It's everything. And I love it. And so it was funny to see, especially a player as young as Chloe on the pitch, Definitely not 15 years old. Off the pitch, very much 15 years old. <laughs> yep. But I'm glad that she's still <laughs> able to be both. Definitely. Um, so I guess outside of the goals and that that kind of big debut, um, I believe, you know, I haven't checked the possession, but I, I would not be surprised to see that North Carolina had a higher possession percentage. But the Spirit, I think for most of the game, seemed pretty, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say in control, but... North Carolina didn't look really dangerous to me until close to the end, like around the 85th minute or so, where they started to get a lot more chances. Um, and I know you asked a question to Mark Parsons about that, about the, the at that point in the game, the spirit kind of like compressed back into their uh, defensive area. Yeah, I mean, he basically was just saying like it, it was it was intentional. They did a lot of work on those sorts of game moments, uh, that, that kind of game state and how to deal with it. And you kind of saw the team wasn't it's it's like they weren't trying to expand a lot where which which was kind of frustrating to me because I'm thinking like if you end up getting the ball to Trinity Rodman or you get the ball up to Ashley Hatch and she holds it up. If you have one or two runners with her, you can maybe get a counter and get a second goal or get a third goal. And that just ends the game right there like that. Then you're, you're guaranteed the points as opposed to continuing to defend as deep as they did. And we know that last year, that was one of their problems. They were they were a right. bit too quick to drop into that mid block, and then they would go lower and lower and lower, absorb a lot of pressure, and then there was just a lot of nervous hacking at the ball, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the opposition scores. So I was I was having a bit of a panic <laughs> watching the game, yeah. <laughs> uh, thinking that that was definitely what was about to happen, but they seemed organized. They didn't seem to be panicking. There were some scrambles, but they seemed to be first to the ball and was just you know, massively booting it completely either out of play or up the pitch and forcing North Carolina to build up again. I don't know if I want to see them do that every game, but I think that uh, going against an opponent like North Carolina, maybe it was worth it to do. It was important to do that rather than, you know, take a risk stepping out and then they hit you because they have such they have such an ability to attack really quickly. Yeah, um, it was definitely extremely stressful. Heart rate's very high at the end of that game. I... I think it was almost just too long to be doing that because they, I think they started late, very late in the 
second half, but then because there were so many looks at VAR and stoppage stoppages in the second half, we had 10 minutes of stoppage time. So it was a very long time of North Carolina coming at the goal and spirit, you know, good defending, but just defending. And it, it was, it was scary to watch as a fan. <laughs> yeah. I asked uh, Tara uh, Mickey on about, about that uh, after the game and saying like, as a, as a defender, who's like, you're now you're relied on like you know the attack is not going to push out much like you have to be the one in the box like you and your defense are calling the shots the game is basically in your hands you know either you're going to allow the second goal or you're not and I asked her you know what did you what what was going through your mind when there was like 10 plus or 10 minutes of stoppage time and she was like I was like oh are you serious (laughs) Like, like that's just so much and then you know in the middle of it she was thinking okay I think at least six or seven minutes have gone by and she asked somebody and they were like, yeah, it's been about three. And she was like, are you serious? So like, <laughs> it was, it felt like a, as long as it felt to us, I think it probably felt even longer to the players, but I don't recall too many like opportunities where it was like, okay, they just like the spirit got lucky there. They just happened to North Carolina just happened to miss. Yeah. I mean, there were a few crosses that kind of just bounced harmlessly through from North Carolina, but like I said earlier, it was a pretty quiet uh, game for Kingsbury. She made a few stops, but mostly it was a really strong defense. I mean, Sam Staub was putting her body on the line and just blocking a lot there. I think all the defenders look good. Um, our, you know, friend of the pod, Bailey, Dorian Bailey looked good. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's, it's a credit to them given how afraid everyone was for this defense before the start of the season. I think they really had a strong performance. I think that's a great point. The two wins that they've had. Yeah. They've been like, you know, a lot of PTSD from last right. season for the supporters. And there's been a lot of like heart and throats kind of moments, but they held out and held strong against OL Reign to get the first win of the season. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they gave up the two goals after having a two nil lead uh, against Louisville. But then in this game, they go up two one, you know, in the 50th minute uh, via a penalty and they're able to hold on to it even throughout 10 minutes of stoppage time. So like, I think when it comes to like building that be hard to beat mentality that we saw a lot uh, in the 2021 season and don't want to, don't want to jinx it. I'm not saying this team (laughs) is the 2021 team. There's a long way to go. We'll have to see what happens, but it's a, it's a similar thing where the team is just very resolute. They make it very, very hard to beat them. And, you know, we're, we're three games in here, two wins, one, one draw. It's not bad. Yeah, good start to the season. Apparently, it's the second time in franchise history that they've had that good of a start. Hopefully, it will, you know, continue to be strong. (laughs) Kind of wrapping up our recap a little bit. um, We wanted to do three things each that we noticed about the game or just kind of our three little takeaways. So do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Mm, How about we do this? Let's let's play. Let's play some tennis. Okay. (laughs) All right. So my first one, we've talked about a lot already, which is that the NWSL really needs to be shopping and selling their, their themselves for a new broadcast partner. Um, and it doesn't, like you said, I don't need to see CBS go if they are able to, but if they're able to put together a good deal, great. But we cannot just accept what we have now as a, as a league. Um, you know, we talked about many of the problems, including not being able to show the game to any fans, but also... Um, Trini Rodman was not able to hear the questions or wasn't sure they could hear her questions at the halftime interview. And that's something that if you had the investment of just having the reporters or commentators at the game to go talk to her in person, you wouldn't have that problem. I mean, that was a problem a few weeks ago as well for for some of the teams. 
So just, um, I want to see them make a deal with a broadcaster who is going to invest money into making a good product because it can make money for them as well. I think that is an excellent one. And get rid of Vista is the only addendum. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. No, the broadcaster should be producing. Absolutely. They're, yes, please, please. Let's, let's be, let's be a professional league. How about it? Um, let's see my, my, uh, one of the big things that I noticed was, and I'd already mentioned this, so I'm not going to dwell on it a lot, but winning the ball up high is very fun. It's a fun thing. It makes me happy when you win the ball, win possession up high, not just because, you know, when you're any team, it just makes it so much easier. You have so much less to go before you actually can attack the opposition goal. But we have some of the best attacking players in the league. Trinity Rodman is outrageous. Ashley Sanchez, very good player. Ashley Hatch, also very good, consistent goal scorer. Like, we have some very, very fun players where if you give them the opportunities around the box when you win the ball high, that's how you're going to be able to do it. It's hard to do because teams are much more... um, Defenders are much more capable on the ball. They're much better passers than they've ever been almost. And so like it is difficult. It is a difficult thing to do. But I think even if you can do it two, three times a game with the talent that the spirit have, that's going to lead to quite a few goals. I'm kind of thinking of like Germany at the Euros. I think there were every single game they played was I think they scored from a high turnover in every single game they played, maybe except the final against England. But yeah, it is a very, very good way to score goals consistently if you can get it right. Yeah, I agree. A ton of fun. Um, my next uh, takeaway thing uh, is also about something that I thought was fun, which was the number of little just like first touch flick passes we saw from the spirit. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's great effect. <laughs> I, I think it's hard for me to get used to this kind of low possession style. It's a little scary. But sometimes they were just able to really just move the ball so quickly by making a pass behind their backs or just off in the direction that they wanted where they had a teammate on the very first touch without settling the ball at all. Um, I don't know if they've just been watching clips of Ashley Sanchez's best moments or what, but it it was a lot of fun to watch when they were able to get into a flow of those little passes and um, created some good chances for them. So I like to see that. I love that. And I love that that observation because it kind of shows that like the team is in like they're they're having a good understanding of where one another are on the pitch. And if that continues to be the case and develop, these flick passes can like result in many more dangerous things as they get more comfortable. So, yeah, I, I love that. Um, mine is that we, we touched on it in the spirit can actually defend deep and not concede a goal. So exciting. (laughs) (laughs) After 2022, whomst would have thought. Uh, But yeah, we've actually seen it now in two games, two of the three games. It's not my favorite way of playing at all. It it very much scares me. I am a Chelsea supporter as well. I have seen Chelsea men and women uh, concede very stupid goals by trying to do the same thing. So I do not (laughs) want to see this happen like routinely. But I really do think that um, it's a good sign. And it's a good sign from Parsons kind of saying like they've worked on it. And so it's not just like nervous on their heels, hope it's like stand strong and defend, which are two very different things, <laughs> very different things. You can kind of see in the results so far that they are very different things, very different mindsets. So if it continues to be, I don't remember which one I said first, if it, if it continues to be the good one, 
then I'm happy. If it ever dips into being the one we saw last season, I'll be sad again. But for now, looks good. I agree. I mean, yeah, with all these, there's there's still room for improvement, but it was it was so much better than what we saw last year. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, my last one is that we got to see some of the team's depth this week, particularly in that starting lineup. Um, and it is there. I think there was a lot of concern. Um, this is my theme for the day of is pushing back on some of the preseason concerns, I guess. But there was a lot of fear of like, this is a very young team. They traded away a lot of their, or, you know, allowed in various ways to leave their longtime or veteran players. Um, but a, a lot of players got minutes this game that had not played in the previous two or hadn't played much in the previous two. And they, they did well. Um, you've got two games coming up this week. So I think that could be a little bit of a challenge um, as we have to lean, they have to lean more and more on, on these depth players. But I thought it was, it was a good showing for the whole team that they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't need the starting 11 every single minute to succeed. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, win some games during the world cup <laughs> when half the team is gone. Yeah. Um, and my, my last observation is really just, an overall theme of Trinity Rodman continues to scare the hell out of me. And what I mean by that is just how often, especially late in games, she looks like she is completely gassed or she's oh, yeah. cramping up or there's an injury or something. But then all of a sudden she just kind of like, I don't know what it is. I, the only thing I can equate is like Superman going into a phone booth or something. Like all of a sudden she's fine and she's doing something ridiculous again. But even in this game, this game really kind of scared me because she also was like really exhausted, which, you know, given the travel and recent play for the national team, you can expect. But like she was kind of done and they kept passing the ball to her anyway to try to help alleviate pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like manipulating the ball and turning instead of like running because she like her legs are completely gone. And she was still able to be effective. Like she was spinning away from defenders and still like laying the ball off so people could run up the pitch with it. But yeah, uh, it, she just... I'm used to it, but I don't think I'll ever actually really get used to it. The fact that she gets to these moments where you're just like, oh no, oh no, oh no, trends hurt, trends hurt. Oh, never mind, she's not. So, like, scares me, but, you know, just sometimes yeah. maybe like, you know, just a little sub. Even if she's going to yell at you, just just give her a little sub. Give her a break, yeah. <laughs> I think at one point she may have, like, stuck a leg out to a ball that was passed in her direction, even though she was still on her other knee, just to, to get it out of the... Uh... <laughs> the box so <laughs> yes still <Yeah>. fighting <laughs> and I know it's I know for her she doesn't like I've heard many times that she does not like to be subbed in games and I get it but sometimes especially in moments like that which honestly I do think they also needed needed her work on that right side she was defending really deep she was basically I mean Parsons said yeah. after the game she was basically playing right back and so that's that's a difficult thing um and when you think about like the rest of the squad who are the other right backs in the squad I don't know if I really have any, you know, after, after Helferty's injury, you know, it, it gets a little thin there. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I understand that she was needed, but yeah, some, sometimes in these moments, I'm like, is she okay? Okay. Is this like normal Trinity Robin thing? Or is it like, get her off the pitch because like, she's, she's a sprint away from, from missing a game or two. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about this before, but this was a very physical game always is between so <laughs> i don't know why they cannot just play a soccer match instead of one plus a royal rumble but they just can't i don't know and this is why i get mad being on reddit is people like to accuse the spirit of starting it and i don't buy that for a second no but <laughs> i think it's mutual combat <laughs> but um I, I i heard that we missed a couple 
cuts and scrapes during the uh, the missing 38 minutes, and we certainly saw quite a few cards, so it was a, it was a little bit of a rumble. Well, I was going to say, if people think the Spirit are starting it, I, you would think that the Spirit would not, because they usually come off worse in these. <laughs> like, normally, <laughs> these do not go well. I know I know. Caroline had a, had a pretty significant uh, ankle injury from a tackle of, um, from Sam Staub early in, what was it, last year's Challenge Cup final. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know that that happened, but she also didn't. I think she missed, what, like two games maybe? Maybe a game? I don't remember. It wasn't a long-term thing, but, I mean... <laughs> Jordan Baggett, you know, what happened to her? And right. we've seen, like, apparently there was some blood happening uh, to Dorian Bailey. Apparently she was bleeding and uh, we couldn't see uh, the part of the game where that happened. But, yeah, it's like, I don't know if the spirit would keep doing this if they're the ones that always get injured. Yeah, their, their roster was definitely uh, decimated after the Challenge Cup final last year. So <laughs> I agree. They need to... <laughs> Yeah. The injuries certainly come their way. Um, so it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, very scary, but good. So we'll move on to just a little, little preview of the next game, um, which is the first Challenge Cup game. It is on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. We'll be in New Jersey versus Gotham FC. Again, supposed to be scheduled or playing on Paramount Plus, but we'll see how well that goes. Um, anything people need to know about the this this game? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know how Gotham is going to approach it, but I'm fairly certain, especially like just talking about Rodman and how she looked, I would be surprised if she got on the pitch for this game at all. I think this is definitely a game where you want to see like Savannah Coleman. I think you want to see Lena Solano. Um, hopefully Riley Tanner is is fit from her little injury that she picked up. I don't know if it's little or not, but it's hopefully it's a little uh, injury when she's playing with Panama. So like, I'm hoping that we see a lot of the players that we haven't seen for a long time, you know, Nicole Douglas, perhaps, you know, in there at attacking yeah. midfield. So, you know, then maybe this will be a good time to get like Paige Mateo back into, you know, the flow of games. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I want to see, I want to see Maddie Elwell at left back as well. I don't think, I don't, has she subbed in yet? I can't remember if she did. It was like, not for a very, it wasn't for long. So yeah, like, yeah maybe I, I want to see a lot. I don't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a, there are a few things that I want to see in this game. And I I know Gotham probably, they probably could use it as like a get on the same page with their new, you know, new coach. So hopefully they don't also (laughs) run out there with their starting 11. Uh, (laughs) But I think regardless of what they do, I still think you believe in the spirit and the talent that they have in the club and how they're training. So I'm kind of looking forward to this. Yeah. I mean, the, the overall prize has increased this year. I think it, it, it is a million. I think that is double of what it was last year. And we don't know yet how it's going to be divided up um, between, you know, teams for first place. I think there may have been a shield, quote unquote, last year. But um, that can be a big incentive to the players to go just as hard or harder than they would go in a regular season game. Um, and I know that was potentially a big cause of problems at the beginning of last season. Um, so hopefully we... I am hoping that we will see a little more minutes management, like you're saying, some rotation, um, just because it is three games in eight days. And I'm not saying take this one less seriously, but all your starters just just played for a really long, intense game. Like give give some other people a chance. I, I think you can trust them. And just to be clear, 
I am saying take this game less seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I agree, but I, I think it would be hard to say no to a, a good bonus. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think that, you know, with, with the money involved, and that was kind of the concern last year too, with the with it being in preseason, you didn't want to tell players like, sorry, we're not gonna go for this 10K for you. Like, sorry, that's not gonna be what we do. And so even though we don't know what the individual prize is for every single player, we do know it's going to be more than it was last year because of the the one million uh, that UKG and the NWSL announced. So I think having the tournament throughout the course of the season will help. I think there'll be moments when you kind of look at it and see like, do you, is this, is this a game where you need to approach it differently? But I think for the very first one, you can absolutely do this, do it where you're like, all right, we're going to put on a lot of the players that have been itching to play that we've kind of had in training and seen them how they play in training. Um, I'm I'm hoping to see that. That I feel like for the first Challenge Cup game, that's not like nobody's going to lose the the, the one million dollars in this game. So I'm I'm comfortable with them doing that. Plus, I just want to see a lot of the younger talent uh, that the team that the team drafted. Yeah, I I agree. I, I would love to see a change. Just see what they can do. I mean, we've seen some flashes of of really good looks from them, and I'd like to see more. Um, after that, of course, like I mentioned, there will be another game coming up on Saturday, April 22nd at home at Audi Field. Everyone should go. Um, but I think we will be back later this week to tell give you even more reasons why you should go um, when we uh, have our interview with Anna Helferty, who was very involved in planning the Earth Day game. I love that. And I can't wait for y'all to hear that interview. That's going to be great. But first, there is a little bit of a sweet, sweet face for you guys. I couldn't say that word. Sweepstakes is what I said. Uh, enunciation. It's great. Uh, but first, an opportunity for the hashtag go to gains movement. This is what I do. This is what I care about. So this is going to be fun. This also does important, amazing work. So for more we're going to turn things over really quickly to our friend, Craig Hoffman, who was a former Spirit executive producer and the, he is the current host of The Hoffman Show on the Team 980. And he's going to have a very special guest with him to tell you all all about it. Thanks, Andre, Annie. So I'm here with James Smith-Williams from the Washington Commanders, who is a champion for Set the Expectation, as is Andy Sullivan. And we want you, all the listeners, to join us as we fundraise for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Your support goes a long way. So if you want to enter the raffle to hang out with us, you can make a donation of $50 or more to STE by texting SOLIDCORE to 44321 by Thursday afternoon. That's it, simple as that. Just text SOLIDCORE, S-O-L-I-D-C-O-R-E to 44321 by Thursday. Donations above $50 will get you entered in the raffle. Come hang out, club seats with us we cheer on Andy and raise money for a great cause. So come check us out. Uh, also, you can go to setTheExpectation.org for more information. Appreciate you guys letting us uh, shout this out on the pod and uh, go Spirits. That's awesome. So yo, go to a game, get club seats, hang out with Jane Smith-Williams from the Commanders, and you're making a donation to fight sexual and domestic violence. Sounds pretty good to me. Again, hashtag go to games. If you can go to games and get club seats, you better try it. You better do it. So again, if you want to donate, text Solid Core to 44321. That is the word, no space, S-O-L-I-D-C-O-R-E to 44321. Sounds great. And we will see everyone, or we'll talk to everybody later this week. Enjoy the midweek game and go spirits. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Remember to like, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Hey Spirits. And as always, go Spirits.